Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I uh, are on part five of our Pathways to Presence series. Uh, we're using Open Mind, Open Heart by Thomas Keating as our roadmap. And today we sort of focus on this idea of the um, word that is used to recenter uh, yourself during the prayer. The name of the chapter, which kind of is fitting the sacred word as symbol and sort of the practical idea about that. And we do start off the episode with sort of a overarching um, look at centering prayer for anyone that might be new uh, to this series, because uh, this is part five. We've done four others in the previous months. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you would like to learn more about Desert Rain, the community, check out theruined.com. Uh, if you're looking for other episodes, drcrpod.com is a place to go. Um, you can also find them on wherever you found this episode. Dreamwalkerway.com is a place to pick up David's book, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. You can also hear a American Sign Language translation of that book on YouTube. If you search Dreamwalker, that's one word, and Way is a second word. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, David Morrison. Mr. Mason. <laughs> How are you still today? an echo, huh? Yeah, it's a little bit of an echo. Can you fix that, Danny? If, you, if the mics are picking it up? The mics might not be picking it up. True. Um, centering prayer. Am I right? Learn about it. <laughs> get into it. Read a book. YouTube it. Uh, today is episode five in the Pathways to Present series that we're doing about centering prayer using Open Mind, Open Heart by Thomas Keating as our roadmap. Uh, today's chapter specifically about, it's called the sacred word, right? The word as a, the sacred word as a symbol, I yeah. think is the name of it. That's yeah. the name of the chapter. Anyways, if you've listened to our other episodes, we've alluded to this word. Yeah. We've, we've, um, talked about the practicality of it, so to speak, or how it fits into centering prayer. And so we're really going to break it down today and point out some, some different things. But before I get into that, in case there's anyone, we're almost halfway through the series. Um, we're doing 12, 12 months of it, one, one week a month. Last Tuesday, we post this one. And so to sort of refocus or to catch someone up that may be um, hasn't listened to the previous four. Two quotes from this um, chapter jumped out to me at the end. And it's it sort of, it covers the big picture um, idea of centering prayer. And I'm, I'm interested to sort of get your your take on it um, to sort of lay out, you know, why, why are we talking about centering prayer? So the two things came, um, contemplative prayer is an incredibly simple kind of attention. It is more intention 
than attention. So that was one of them. And the other part, um, the method of centering prayer, so the, the prayer we're talking about today, the method of centering prayer, however, is not concentrative, but receptive. Yeah. And I think it's an important thing to point out, especially to anyone that's new, because prayer usually has this idea of we got to talk to God, we got to ask God, we got to say a specific prayer, right? We've right. talked, we, I think yeah. we talked about that last month, the difference between sort of the asking for stuff versus the, um, you know, our Father, Hail Mary, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the memorized prayers. So maybe you could lay out your, your experience with this idea of, of centering prayer as you're just being receptive and centering prayer as you're not trying to accomplish something. You're, you're just setting an intention and sitting with it. That, yeah. um, so, you know, sort of your, your thoughts and, and ideas, or maybe not even your thoughts, maybe just your experience around those two. Or, I mean, I think they're connected. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they lead you to two different ways of living too. Uh, not that they're opposed to one another, but it's just, you know, so like, for example, in the, in the Pentecostal tradition that we were, when we were praying in that tradition, the idea was to storm the gates of heaven. So it's, they, they love warfare. They love they uh, really do. violence. And, it's, was, and it shows in their lifestyle today. I was reading uh, something recently that was comparing praying to, to going to war. Yeah. And, and it's funny because most people that use that terminology have never been to war. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, they have these fantasies and, you know. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, and it's all because of, th there's a reason for it. It's because the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians uses a metaphor for the full armor mm. of the Roman soldiers, the full armor of God, which would have been totally offensive to his Jewish uh readers i guess mm. in, the, in the church but anyway that's another issue so yeah so there's this idea of you know of of being very active in prayer and, and if you're not active uh if i'm not speaking words or thinking thoughts then i don't exist if i'm not taking action i don't exist you know well and i think so, that's especially true in our western context right yeah it's it's ego consciousness yeah. or whatever you want to call it uh obsession with thinking with actions with words so this is more of a receptive centering prayer contemplative prayer is a receptive stance where you're sitting and waiting which which you know pentecostals would agree with that too because there's that word is used mm. throughout the bible as well okay. wait on the lord wait on god uh be still and know i am yeah the lord. Yeah. yeah so they'll accept that Maybe a way to bridge it would also be a lot of the the classic Pentecostal and, and evangelical texts on prayer. There's a guy named Ian Bounds who wrote a bunch of books on it in the 1860s. They'll talk about you you wrestle in prayer and then there comes a, 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 a silence or a peace mm. that they call the assurance of faith mm. and, and they rest in it. So, so that's what we're talking about. We're just taking that rest from the beginning in centering prayer. So when, and the thing I thought that was, or <clears throat> I mean, it was interesting, but it was particularly interesting to me 
of that reminder that that God is always with us. Yeah. God is always around us. Um, but I like to stay busy and do stuff and think about stuff and right. solve problems, right? And so um so even in, you know, in that God's with me. But when I sit and and try to get silent, try to be attentive, um, try to set that intention, intention, um, I get the opportunity to maybe cultivate a relationship with that that presence that's already in and around me, right? Right. Yeah, you're not invoking the deity to right. appear, cutting yourself. The other, you see that in the Jewish scriptures, you know, the the pagans cutting themselves, mm. getting the the god Baal to show up and that kind of thing. And so, yeah. So, so yeah. So that that that's sort of this this idea of centering prayer. Uh, it you know, if you get to the end of this episode and you are interest you know interested in learning a little bit more about it. Um, you can just go back in each month. It's the same name, Pathways to Present, Centering Prayer. With I think I put a different number on it each time. And so yeah. if you want to listen through, this will be number five. So one through four and, and sort of get caught up. Um, otherwise, I, I think that sort of sets the table of, in a broad sense about what Centering Prayer is, sort of the difference. Yeah. Um, and to get into this uh, chapter, like you said at the beginning, the name of the chapter is the sacred word is symbol. Right. And um, there's a lot of different places to start with this. And I, I guess I'll just start with, with something that was useful to particularly useful to me. Cause as we, as we've been going through this, this, this idea of having to use a word felt very rigid to me. Like, Oh, you have to, you got to use a word. It's gotta be yeah, a word yeah. to, and, and I guess, and add on if I leave anything out, but the idea of this word is so when you're, you start following your thoughts or your, you, your mind starts racing um, or your thoughts become distracting, which all those things will happen, especially early on in centering prayer. You use this word to bring you back to the moment. Right. And, and connect with the here and now, and then remember to just let the thoughts pass. You don't, you don't have to chase the thoughts yeah. down as they come. Or take notes of the thought to remember for later. But one of the things he talks about in this chapter is the use of an image, a sacred image, mm -hmm. or just your breathing. Right. You know, and that's what I've always felt connected to with cont contemplative prayer is my breathing. Because it actually, because for me, using a word, that it's coming from the same place that my thoughts are coming. Right. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and that's just my, my interpret. I know some people, the word works really work good for them yeah, having that. Yeah. But for me to come back and, and I focus on a specific part of my, my nostril where I can feel the air <laughs> like going in and out of my body. And that breaks me from the, the, like the thoughts are still there, right? Yeah, yeah. But as far as my concentration on them, having to feel a physical passage of air. Um, so yeah, so, so, and I know you, you, the word, you have a word that you use. Um, so maybe you could, yeah, not so much anymore, but when I first started, right, right. I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was the same problem. I'm a word man. So <laughs> most, most literally. <laughs> yeah. So you end up connecting. So I chose, and I even chose a word that had no, at least on the surface, an emotional or spiritual mm -hmm. connection. I just chose the word shoes. It's just the first word that popped in my head. Well, I ended up writing a prayer, a poetic prayer about shoes. 
And, and then also it conjured up uh, Vincent Van Gogh's paintings of mm, shoes. Right. And so, yeah, 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 so then my brain goes, <laughs> which is fine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to go on a little creative journey, but that's not what you're doing in, 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 with your 20 minutes, you know? And so, so yeah, so for me, it's just uh, usually a dot, you know? Mm. And then he also says, you know, once you've been doing it for a, a while, you don't even need to focus on anything mm-hmm. you know you, you just kind of enter into it mm-hmm. and you're used to it you know so you're the beginning of your 20 minute prayer uh your thoughts are swirling around and then eventually they they settle down you know and, mm-hmm. and the water becomes clear and you sit there and so that's kind of kind of what i what i do yeah breathing would definitely not work for me because mm. i would start getting in touch with what, what's what else is going on with my body you know? <laughs> my diverticulitis <laughs> yeah luckily i can i can remove that Be, because it's a physical sensation so like when yeah. you breathe in your nostril you feel the air coming into your body yeah yeah and, and then it's just an awareness for me i i choose to you know excel through my nose my nostrils as well and it just it for whatever reason and and i think he touches on it so what I'm about to say about the breathing, he touches on it specifically about the word is when you, you just pick your word, like you said, no, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, you don't identify. The less it. significant, the better. And it actually, you actually plant it into your unconscious eventually yeah. as you're using it as your, your return to the moment thing. And that's kind of where I'm at with my breathing is I don't even th- think about, well, sometimes I do, but when I wa- when I see my mind wandering, I just automatically go back yeah, to that point, to that. that point on my nose, and because I've been doing it for so many years, right. it's it's sort of embedded in my unconsciousness at this point, and and I assume an image would do the same thing for yeah, someone just that, that picks that, yeah, um, and, and that dot that I focus on, or sometimes it's also the my the feeling of my shoes, my feet mm-hmm. on the earth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that feeling, you know, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, and it, see, because it's, it's different from other traditions in that it's not an incantation, right? It's not a magic word. It's not a, um, it's not a mantra either. You know, in some traditions, you you have to say a certain mantra, a certain amount of like five thousand times. In some traditions, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's those are exercises in attention. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is intention. Mm-hmm. So when you come back to your breathing, that is literally your intention to be open to the heartbeat of God. So that's, well, and that that's was, the difference. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because that was sort of one of my other points I wanted to talk about oh, was this okay. idea of a mantra and um, yeah. that that's not what this is whatsoever. No, no. You might need to say the word many times and multiple yeah. times during a sitting, especially early on, but it's not. The word isn't the reason you're sitting there. <laughs> the word is no. just a tool. Um, and maybe you could elaborate on this, but the the way he, that I really liked, where he talked about, if you have a ball in your hand, mm, yeah. you don't have to throw it to the ground. Right. You can just open your hand and it'll drop. Yeah, gravity will do its thing. Yeah, and so this is this word is the same tool where you don't have to force the word into right. being special or important to break or, down the gates of heaven and storm <laughs> yeah, the gates of yeah, hell to store the gates of hell well we're just going to kick everyone's ass <laughs> you can just use it as gravity yeah. to bring you to this back to this moment exactly um and to sit in the intention of because the thoughts are going to be that that's the thing like 
who knows what'll come up when you're sitting silently for 20 minutes. Right. Um, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. The point is not to resist your thoughts either. Exactly. That, that's right. a torturous thing. When you try to clear your mind of all thoughts, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Well, one of the, the beautiful ways that he put it, he talked about this idea of being free of thoughts. And when you, if you don't experience that, then you're going to be disappointed. And he talks about, um, when you feel disappointed, that is a thought with an emotional charge to yeah, it. Yeah. It shatters whatever interior silence you may have been enjoying. Um, and it's for whatever word, that idea of, because of, we have lots of thoughts, right? But there are certain thoughts that bother us. <laughs> Yeah, and usually yeah. those are the ones where we have an emotional, right. some kind of emotional charge around it. Um, and I didn't even think of it. I'd never thought of it in the context of centering prayer, mm-hmm. how disruptive that can be in the moment of yeah. when you put this expectation on, right? Um, like in the recovery world, we talk a lot about how um, harmful expectations of others can be. You know, because you're putting some, like, if I have an expectation of you, yeah. I'm putting that on you. And then when it doesn't happen, it only fucks me up. You, right, you right. don't care. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? And I so, <laughs> no, but I'm just, I'm saying in general, yeah. like, my, you don't care about my expectations, right? Just like, you know, any expectation you put on someone, that that's not, that's not a priority to them. I, I feel very bad about disappointing people. I mean, and then I go into that <laughs> whole spiraling down into you blow into, your brains out eventually. Yeah, well, not necessarily. I don't go that far, but, but I mean, yeah, I'll I mean, lie awake at night. Yeah, I was a disappointment in that person. <laughs> and that bugs me <laughs> because I um, want to be a Boy Scout. You know, I want to be a, a a good Jedi master. <laughs> want to get straight A's. Want to get the check mark. Want to get the yeah. smiley face. Yeah. Um, I had to let go of that. (laughs) (laughs) And also I have to let go of not putting expectations on other people because no one's going to live up to it. Right. Like if, if if you don't put an expectation on yourself, then other people's ideas are not, they're not going to, you know, shift, shift the needle. Um, At least in my experience. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people in this kind of prayer also is that the expectation they have on themselves. Mm. So they'll be obsessed with, am I doing this right? Am Mm -hmm. I doing this right? Am I doing, Mm -hmm. and then the the thought of doing it right or doing it wrong is, is ends up preoccupying the space rather than just letting that go. Which is also counter, well, maybe not counterproductive. Maybe, maybe that is necessary early on. Yeah. It's all part of the process. You have to wrestle with it. Yeah. He does talk a lot about that. Uh, uh, there is a place for emotional, loud words and, mm. and worship, singing, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and and experiences. Uh, uh, con- what, what the in contemplation they call it consolations. Mm. Um, Pentecostals call it infillings of the spirit, experiences mm-hmm. of the spirit, uh, and and yeah, that we have a lot of emotional damage in us and. And those things need to be healed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so just because you fell on the floor and spoke in tongues doesn't mean you're holier <laughs> than someone else. It's just it's a, some sort of healing so that you can get to the place yeah. of a receptive stance. Yeah. That's, that's the theory there. 
Well, and this that actually to plug our our other pathways to presence that we did last year, where we broke down twelve different. We talked about prayer, meditation, oh, fasting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the twenty twenty two pathways to presence, we used a book called Celebration of Discipline. Yeah, um, that kind of breaks down all these different. Uh, some of them experiential, some of them right. studying type things, some of them, um, and the importance of those coming back to your point, walking through those different yeah. disciplines to make you a little bit more receptive of that spirit yeah. that is around us and, and, and manifests for everyone differently. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah, the other yeah. important part to remember is like, what I see you doing or what I see, you know, this person doing or that, yeah. that spiritual practice, like, um, to step away from the righteousness and, and being like, Oh, that person, you know, putting someone on a pedestal yeah. or, or downgrading, you know what I mean? What they're doing and being, and just being comfortable with, with the, um, the practice, whatever the practice I'm, I'm, I'm with today that feels right. You know, I think he talked, does he say, I don't remember. He's, does he say, do this practice for two months and see if it's right for you or. Yeah. I put, thought, yeah. There was some sort of statement like that. Yeah. And it, it, I thought that was very helpful in the sense of like, just, just try it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might, you know, if you give it two months. And so in recovery, we say, go to, you know, try this out for 90 days. And yeah. if it's not for you, like no harm, no foul, right? Like you can, yeah. you can, you can, you know, no hurt feelings. And, and, make I, a, and make a commitment not to downplay it for others. I tried that and it didn't work for mm, me. It's a bunch of yeah, garbage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's demonic. It's evil. <laughs> demonic. You know, that kind of thing. Don't be like the, don't be like the coyote that couldn't uh, get the rabbit. So he just peed on him instead and <laughs> walked away. Don't be like that. Well, and I think <laughs> some of the funny things with downgrading stuff is then when you ask the person, like, have you tried that? Yeah. Like, well, no, but so-and-so said. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. You are you downgrading something that has, you haven't even, like, entered into, yeah. right? Like, it's a different thing to share your experience if something didn't work for you and just, you know, sharing it in a, like, oh, yeah, I tried yeah. that and it, it didn't work out versus, like, what you're saying where you're yeah, which I've done. attacking. I've done oh, yeah, I've, I've done, yeah, yeah, I've done it too, so. I'm I'm just as guilty, but at least the ones I haven't tried, yeah. I try I try to not speak about. You know what I mean? I just I avoid those conversations altogether and being like, yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never tried that. Yeah, until someone asked me one time, you know, well, have you tried arsenic? And I was like, no. Well, don't knock until you try it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm probably not. Well, there's try probably that. a lot of people <laughs> in the states that need to try arsenic, <laughs> but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, th I think you said you had a couple quotes that you wanted to, to bring to the conversation or. Well, I did have a thought about it. It, it uh, it wasn't from the chapter so much, but mm. the traditional understanding is, is that God, God's grace initiates all of this mm. and God's grace is available to everyone. Right. And is always being poured out. Cynthia Bourgeau, one of our teachers at the living school, the center for action and contemplation, kind of disagreed with that mm. in the sense of uh, then why does it happen? Why, do, why does the experience of it only happen to some and not others if it's an equal 
mm. pouring out of grace. And so her theory was that this is this is all, uh, I guess, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's it's a I'm not sure. It's it's already innate within you, uh, mentally. It's a mental exercise more than it is mm. th- this this outside grace coming in, you know, kind of thing. So the the act of centering prayer is a mental yeah, and, and is accessible to everyone, you know. Okay. In that sense, which I I don't know, I, I may even be re- misrepresenting what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still of the traditional school. I, I think the grace and the love of God is poured out yeah. to everyone. And then when you ask the question, well, then why doesn't everyone experience it? Uh, I would say that, you know, uh, it's still just the connection hasn't happened yet. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's not being poured out. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you can have a, a two-year-old child that's just a little hellion, you know, and uh, running around. All day, but eventually they fall asleep, and the parents will gaze upon them, mm-hmm. look at them sleeping, and they're perfect at that moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's that's happening yeah. in the presence of God, and and it doesn't mean that you know it doesn't have any effect or just because you can't see it, you know. And so anyway, that's well, no, I I mean, this I think this is a good. This might take us down a totally different rabbit okay. hole, which is fine, but I do think that's a good point, um, because that. A similar thought came to me actually in the chapter where he, he talks about something. He talks about like the, the things that are imprinted on us in childhood. So someone that didn't experience a certain kind of love and affection. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, as an adult, they're searching for that love and affection. Uh, yeah. And um, I don't know if I don't know if he necessarily says it, it can be experienced in centering prayer, but he talks about them. God providing that for them, yes. that love and affection. Yeah. And kind of back to your point, God knows what we need to heal, right? And um, so this idea of me, and, and it, it took me, so reading that, it took me to this other thought of one time one of my close friends, um, we're, I don't even know how we got there, but we're just talking about spiritual, having some kind of contact conversation around God and, and experiences, spiritual experiences and things of this nature. And they mentioned, um, I don't want to, I don't want to label it as a, as a jealousy, but this, like, um, this idea of hearing God's voice, right. Mm. And like being like, Oh, that's bullshit that I've never heard God's voice. You know what I mean? Like, and for whatever reason that stuck with me and to sort of bring it back to today, this idea that you brought up is like, the spiritual experiences that I've had in my life. So I'm speaking from my own. Yeah. It have been so significant to me that if you had them, they would not register in the same way. Whereas the spiritual experiences you've had, you know, you've shared some of, we've both shared some of them on this podcast. If I experienced it, it would not hit in the same way. Because you and I need two different things that were that this healing process and this yeah. getting to know God. And, and so I think this idea of the pouring out of grace, because I agree with you. I do, I do think it's occurring to everybody at all yeah. times, whether cognizant of it or not, or whatever, you know, even people, you know, 
this will be somewhat um, controversial, but even people that don't pray or believe in God, the grace oh, yeah, is still, yeah. <laughs> they're still experiencing the same grace of God. Yes. <laughs> and so I think to the bigger point is it is all happening to us and we're experiencing it in a different way, moment to moment, you know, because um, like I've never heard the audible voice of God, you know, so I could make an argument that God has never spoken to me and that's bullshit. Right. 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 But I can't deny that I, that I, there's other things that have happened that you could point to and say, well, that was God speaking to me. You know what I mean? I, I've had, I know I've had those experiences, yeah. um, you know, and so, you know, to go back to your example of like, I have to make peace. Well, I don't know if that's the right wording, but my opportunity is to make peace with the experiential, with the spiritual experiences I've had and, and recognizing I'm that toddler being gazed upon while I yeah. sleep, you know, even though I, you know, I am a hellion. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point is, it's the human race. It's the cosmos. It's been, or, uh, Annie Dillard, I think I've quoted this before. Great acts of beauty are happening around us mm. at every moment, whether we recognize them or not. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just reality. Uh, you know, and so, that's, you know, Bourgeau may be alluding to a spiritual intelligence. Mm. You know, some people have these different, there are a multitude of, mm. of intelligences that anybody could have. And, and you can get caught up. Like, so there's someone, an individual is very gifted at, uh, and skilled and was trained in business mm. and they get some success. And then, I don't know if, don't know if you've noticed, they become an expert in everything all of a sudden because they were successful in that one thing. And they, they want to make documentaries and write books. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and they just, they, they, well, just in a everyday conversations at the, and usually for, to the misfortune of their families, uh, they, they need to have the last word on oh, everything. Right, right, right. You know, and they're just, and they become insufferable sons of bitches, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, uh, and so, so this recognition of different intelligences is what I'm trying to, and I think that's what she might be alluding to uh, in that, that I, you know, so, and I would say the truth is somewhere in between kind of thing. Yeah, it's never somewhere. black and white. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the one nice thing about when you've never had success like myself. Yeah. As soon as I start to talk, people are just like, oh, I, we don't need to listen to that guy. He's, yeah. a, he's a fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I don't know where that fits with the unspeakable tragedies of the world. Yeah, you know, of people that die young. Uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, the songwriter, just passed away, mm. and he wrote one of the best lines of uh, a shipwreck of uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, and he and he says, uh, you know, when there's mm -hmm. the part of the song where they're searching for the wreck mm -hmm. on the on the the Great Lakes. Yeah. Uh, he says, does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? Mm. You know, and, mm -hmm. and so I don't know how to reconcile that with, with you know, where's the grace of God there? You yeah. know? But it has to be there somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe well, even especially there. Uh, well, well that, but, it's, but it's hard to look at. It's funny because I was contemplating that as I was setting up the, 
the microphones and stuff because that, you know, it was specifically inspired from the book of him talking about God is always there or we all have access to it and sort of thinking yeah. about, you know, specifically what you're saying, these tragedies, um, you know, whether it's an uh, individual sh- uh, tragedy, like a, a mass shooting or yeah. a bigger tragedy, you know, um, <laughs> we, you and I have been talking about this, but you know, the sort of uh, inept healthcare in the country, right? That right. Th- there's no one thing you can point to, right? It sort of just rippled yeah. out, you know what I mean? Or the fentanyl crisis, you know, yeah. that has hit our country. There's no one thing you can point to there to be like, oh, that's it's it's just a, a big, yeah, a big thing, right? Whereas you can like point, to, oh well, nine eleven, you know what I mean? It, yeah, I mean you can point to a, a time and a date and mass casualties, right? And so, um, but yeah, I mean I don't. Who knows? Yeah, how I, you how you articulate that when the you know that idea of minutes becoming hours? Every everyone has experienced that yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, so I yeah, yeah, there are people that I've even personally just diligently prayed for to be healed, uh, f- whether physical or uh, mental health, mm-hmm. and they ended up passing away and dying, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm not there to say, well, at least they're in a better place, <laughs> right? And just and that's the coyote peeing on right, the, yeah, yeah, right. But enter into the the uncomfortable questions, and maybe that's where this receptive prayer comes in, mm-hmm. is to hold those tensions. Because you're not intellectualizing it anymore, and you're not, and you're releasing the identity of with the the emotional identity to it, and you're just kind of holding that tension there. Uh, maybe that's where transformation can happen. Well, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a space where transformation can happen. And for me, one of the things that has transformed, who know, you know, just as I've gotten older and. and experience with prayer is putting my prayers out there so like you're saying like praying for someone or something diligently but also realizing to release the um the outcome of the prayer yeah right and and one of the one of the things i've added to my prayers as of late um is for like if it's if i'm praying for someone to also um pray for peace of mind for those around them Right. Yeah. So the family and the friends that are that are suffering through and feeling feeling the sadness, yeah. feeling the tragedy, you know, they might not have the the physical ailment or the, the mental health stuff, yeah. or, you know, but but it ripples out. Right. It ripples out. Um, and infinitely, we, we never know how far these things ripple out. And so yeah. just trying to pray for pray for those that are surrounding the person and. Um, because yeah, we don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's sort of one of those back to that idea of like, where's God in this? Cause that's sort of the easy cop out too. It's like, Oh, well see this bad thing happened. So yeah, yeah. there's no fucking God, which, you know, I went through that. Yeah, I've gone I go through, through that, that now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's a reasonable and, and realistic thing. And I think people are scared to talk about it. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something people want to discuss if you bring it up yeah i've brought it up a few times and got the old side eye like whoa what are you why are you bringing that up in polite company they call it theodicy (laughs) is the is the the study of it is called theodicy Mm. you know and it's if god is all powerful and all good 
mm. and has the power to do good, why does God not intervene? Why is there the Holocaust? Why is there, you know, so it goes on and on. Why did this baby die before even, you know, had a chance to be born mm. uh, or live to be a month, you mm. know? And you see it in nature all the time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we'll mm -hmm. watch a, a nest of, uh, you know, newly hatched yep. chick, uh, chicks from, and then a windstorm comes and they're dead. And so. And even if you wanted to save them, you couldn't because no, yeah, they're already. Yeah, we tried to do that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I saved a little bunny one or thought I tried to save a little bunny one time and, uh, and I forced uh, water down his throat and ended up drowning him because his back was broken. So he couldn't, but he couldn't tell me, you know, and he I couldn't be like, Hey guy, chill yeah. out. And so you, so you try, yeah. So even times your attempts to be merciful, your attempts to fix something, your attempts to do good end up doing worse and failing. And but, but so. just, just so people are out there like, Oh, poor bunny. But you've, you've also been successful in it. Well, like yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about like Scarface the cat. You know what I mean? You guys <laughs> well, have like, you guys have like. See what happens to him. <laughs> well, he seems to be doing really well as of as of uh, ten o'clock this morning. Uh, you know what I mean? But yeah, there there yeah. are instances where you know some kind of uh, I don't want to say wildlife, but your your mercy and compassion yeah, towards animals. It's very random, mm -hmm. which is what Borjo's point is. Why is this so random? Mm -hmm. And and I struggle with the same thing, and especially being having some Pentecostal commitments mm. and that kind of thing. And well, and you've, I, I think you've shared them on the podcast, but there's just been some devastating ones that you guys experienced yeah. in your past that, you know, speaks very clearly to the randomness and yeah. the, um, I, I refer to it as the chaos of life, right? Yeah. Like we don't, we don't get to pick and choose how this unfolds. We think we do. Yeah. Uh, we pretend like we do, but at the end of the day, um, it's going to unfold. Life is going to unfold the way it's going to unfold. And um, no, I've lived long enough now to even see people literally say about me and my family, uh, "Well, these tragedies have hit them because they're mm -hmm. rebellious against God, and and this is God trying to get well, them to repent and be right." To the point where I've seen these people who've said that, I've seen them get sick and mm -hmm. die. And, and it's like, oh, well, then it's so random, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. And and and, they, and in some of these cases, the 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 quote unquote biblical formula, if you will, was there because <laughs> right. it does direct. Jesus directly says, "If you pray, I'll, I, uh, your prayers will be answered. Mm -hmm. Ask, and you will receive." And it, it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And by experience, and so. I don't know what, you know, to do with that, you know? And so, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think, I mean, yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. The Jesus was wrong. You know, nobody yeah, wants yeah. to say that. <laughs> well, I think too, I mean, he kind of touches on it here and I think it goes back to this idea of, and I'm probably just saying this because we're doing a podcast about centering prayer, but the importance of centering prayer in the sense of just having an intention Right. Like you're right. not, you're not praying for someone to be healed. Exactly. You're not, you're not praying for someone, you know, to come back to life. Um, you know, or even something, you know, I, I'm not going to call that simple, but something like very, um, 
concrete, right? Like I don't have money for rent. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get money. evicted. God, please supply me with $200. Right. And the $200 doesn't show up. Right. And so there's, so shifting that idea of I'm going to impose my prayer will into the world yeah. versus I'm going to sit with all these things, all yeah. these tragedies, the joys, the highs, the lows, yeah. the, the, just the indifferent, right. The mundane, right. I'm going to sit in silence with God, with all those yeah, things, for 20 minutes <laughs> and see, you know, and see what's yeah. what. And, and you'll never find out what's what. No, no. <laughs> But, but you something might get else a little... might be happening in that 20 minutes. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of like what Bill Burr said, you know, uh, the comedian, you know, he's, he was on Conan and he was, I think he said he was watching, uh, he's watching the World Series. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all these people started standing up to cancer. It was a stand up to cancer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, why are these people standing? They're standing up to cancer. And he's like, I, you know, there's a, million tragedies in the world going on and I just want to unplug for a couple of hours and watch the World Series and then you bring cancer into my face again, you know? <laughs> he said it a lot more funny. Well, of course, uh, and I, I think we talked about it because the last time I was in Philly, I went to a, a hockey game yeah, and it was cancer night. Yeah. <laughs> and they handed out these towels where you're supposed to write the name, uh, you know, the person you're support, you know, standing up right, to cancer yeah. for. It's like, just give me 20 minutes to be still and sit with it all with no answers. <laughs> yeah. Just let me sit for 20 minutes holding that silent tension. That's what centering prayer is. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bill Burr's World Series. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't I'm I don't know if there's any I don't know if there's anything else. It it uh, we're not quite at an hour, but um he he does allude to a, a a powerful image in the Gospels that stuck out to me. Oh yeah, which was uh, it was very important to us in our in our charismatic days, mm. especially, uh, and 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 it is important in that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The worship, the praise and worship churches. Mm. Is that a, is that a? I don't know what that means. Maybe you could <laughs> explain. <laughs> churches the song that and dance emphasize <laughs> They're not just singing songs. Uh, they're they're believing that they're literally connecting with God in, mm. in the most powerful and intimate way together. Okay. By singing these songs, lifting your hands up, it's not just a warm up for the preacher, mm. but it's it's a there's a an understanding in the group mm-hmm. in the congregation that uh, we're ascending, we're transcending mm. this place and entering into what they call the throne room. Okay of God. Uh, and so, so that was very important to us, the praise and worship mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany, mm-hmm. this, uh, this image that you see in the gospels of, uh, women sitting at Jesus's feet, either when they're done washing some, it just said they sat at his feet, gazing upon him, looking upon him. Right. And so, so we didn't realize, so that was our image of worship. On our door uh, in the chapel, there's a broken a broken uh, vessel, which is that's that symbol, that extravagant kind of love, mm-hmm. which we understood as being you just sing with all your heart, basically mm-hmm. is what it came down to. But it's wordless. It's a gaze. You're, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's looking upon the face of Christ Jesus, the beauty of Christ Jesus in the face of God. I'm saying it wrong. 
uh, the beauty of God in the face of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. as Paul wrote about, and uh, and this mutual gazing of the divine into your life. And so that's a so it's more of a, an image of contemplation mm-hmm. than it is of active singing and worship. And so, so that, so it's even more important now. It's it's taken on a new meaning for us in the last fifteen years. And uh, and yeah, and, and your your the vessel that she that Magdalene broke open, the, her perfume box, mm-hmm. right. is, is your heart, is mm-hmm. your life. It's just broken and. Uh, and you're not willfully breaking it anymore. It's just the life has broken yeah, just, you. you know? just, just the life you're, you're, you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be broken. Why not break open over the feet of Jesus? Well, that's that's amazing too, because as you were articulate, because it didn't even connect while I was going through this, but one of the, going back to this idea of using a word or an image or the breathing yeah. or what, you know, whatever, um, he also mentions... Um, doing the centering prayer in the presence of the Eucharist. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think it goes that it connects perfectly with what you're saying of, cause he's not even saying like stare at the Eucharist or worship the Eucharist. Right, he's right. just, just be in the presence of it yeah. and feel that presence. And it's the same thing you're saying is like just gazing upon Christ yeah. was enough in that moment for Mary Yeah, with everything else going on in the world. Right. So if we, bring it sort of to modern day, all the tragedies we listed earlier and, you know, several more that we didn't say, but still being able to go to the, to Christ, gaze upon Christ, be in the Christ presence. Um, and I'm, I'm probably adding on to this, the importance of that and the healing effect of that for the, for us as an individual or for communities or you know you can just families or you can just ripple it out to whatever the scenario may be yeah and, and there's a lot going on there she's it's also uh even to this day it's it's radical because uh the position of someone sitting at the feet of a rabbi in that jewish culture mm. meant that they were students of that rabbi okay which meant they were going to become rabbis themselves at some point and here's a woman doing that. Right. Which would be and totally. It, yeah. Out it's of radical the then yeah, and it's not, radical now. It would not be allowed <laughs> yeah. for a century and, and Palestine. So, so it's interesting that Jesus is still radical after all these centuries. Uh, yeah. And I'm looking for that. Uh, where he, where he says that. It was near the beginning of the chapter, wasn't it? About the Eucharist or about yeah, Mary? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the audio, the audible version of it, I think skipped skipped this paragraph or this last sentence. Uh, yeah, he says the purpose of prayer, the sacraments, and spiritual disciplines is to awaken us. And it's interesting that in the audible or the updated version of the book, they took that that sentence out. That is wild. Yeah, I noticed that this morning. Um, I noticed, yeah, I noticed a couple because I read the chapter and then I listened to it. Yeah, and there, there are some like, I don't want to call them weird, but like yeah. interesting tweaks. And, yeah, uh, but you know, I, who know, I don't, I'm not the publisher, so yeah, who knows? <laughs> you feel good? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we we land the plane? No, well, I think 
good. Beautiful, man. I, I appreciate your uh, appreciate your insight you. and um, appreciate just, everyone listening. Especially, you know, for me, I still feel like a, a relative newcomer to centering prayer, um, and so to hear your your experience with it, encountering this book, and then you know having my own practice um, has been a good sort of. Uh, experience over the last couple of years so I'm, I'm glad we're delving into this book uh once again thank you for tuning in to desert rain community radio dispatches from the verge uh if you want to check out the book yourself open mind open heart the contemplative dimension of the gospel by thomas keating uh, find it pretty much any bookstore online audible has you can get the uh audio version all that good stuff. Um, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nettie at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. In fact, next week we will be posting uh, another conversation that David and I had with Jacob. Um, and so that'll be the week after this uh, Pathways to Presence episode. Uh, Dreamwalkerway.com to get Mr. Morrison's uh, Desolate Beauty. We're also working on um, two more books uh, hopefully to be released by the end of this year or early 2024 and am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well thanks again Mr. Morrison. Thank you sir. And thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll uh, be with you next week. <laughs>